Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Artist Avenue. Uh, once again, we are joined by the Kubert School for another um, interview that they did in-house down there, this time with a, a great group of painters. And you know what? I'm just going to let Lloyd do my job for me. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Lloyd Briggery from the Kubert School, and welcome to another exciting episode of Behind the Tracing Paper. Today, you're in for a treat. We have the Painters 3, Joel Tidy, Todd Doney, and Marco Catrone. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, uh, hello everyone. Hi. Wow, it's uh, Friday. Um, <laughs> hey guys, uh, first thank you guys for coming down. Um, this is another exciting episode of uh, something uh, that we started a year ago, where um, you know I, I try to get you guys, you know, subject matter experts, can talk to you about what it is they do, and. Um, I thought it was a good idea instead of outsourcing and you know like calling all these people all around the world, like we got in-house talent, like we got we got we got moves, and we got a lot of uh, people that are right at our disposal that you guys have access to every day. And so um, we started this whole thing behind the tracing paper. So today we're for a treat because uh, it says nothing to do with comics. So <laughs> and uh, I think that's important because art is um, art is art. If you fell in love at all. Probably just to do something besides destroy the house when I was little and my mother would tell me to draw. Uh, but actually, one thing that's got me really into art was guess what? Comic books. No kidding. Yeah, I used to, used to look at comic books and try and draw them. Nice. And it's like that's why I started teaching it. Because I found out there was comic books going to other people. Yeah. And so I came here. But I mean, I don't know. I learned a lot from drawing comic books. And it's, it's funny. I don't do it now, but that's where I started. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Surprise. Classic comic guy the whole time. Don't tell me. Joel, about you, man. I started drawing circles on the walls. So my aunt was over at our house. She was about 18 months old, and we were drawing circles. She was looking at my mom. She was, no, they're perfect circles. It's great for you. That's where I start on the wall. Uh, I hired him to do all my circles. <laughs> but now you just get a string, it's easier. Um, yeah, just constantly sketch. You know, just constantly sketching. You know, my brothers sketched a little bit, but they went in a different direction, and my parents, thankfully, just kept me. As soon as that pad was ending, they had another pad. Um, my mom's a close so, you know, just, you know, the white paper was just exciting. 
Cartoon magazines. The long, I mean, this guy over here. Uh, I don't, do you guys know cartoons magazine? Where's this guy with the glasses on? There's a bob. <laughs> it was about hot rods, but I couldn't wait to get this until this magazine came out because you'd flip through about halfway through it and it would, it would, there would be a page on how to draw an engine block or headers or, uh, or hubcaps or something like that. So, um, slightly comic book ish. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Well, we'll well, I started painting faces on my brothers while we slept. And <laughs> nobody, you know, nobody got me for a while because I had to paint my face to make it look like this. Ghost Wizard, if you were on the night hours, uh, I painting faces. But after everybody got yelled at, somebody went looking for paints. And I was busted. Uh, I painted wide open eyeballs on eyelids. Did you ever see what that looks like? Creepy. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then, honestly, it was the old Warner Brothers, uh, uh, or the Disney cartoons. They, they were so well rendered. And then I had this, uh, this long um, laundry list of artists in my family who wouldn't let me put the brushes down. So, oh, well, there you go. So it was kind of like a legacy thing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I have, yeah, I was lucky to have uh, some great um, teachers right within the family, so some good tips from them. That's interesting. So um, that actually leads me to another question uh, as far as, like, instruction and teachers. So, like, you guys obviously kind of had a, a taste for it. When did you kind of first get that, hey, you know, young fellow, let me show you how to do this, you know, and, and where did that lead you from there as far as, like, study and practice? Yeah. Jump, chime in anytime. I actually I just remember being in high school and uh, taking art and then saying, This is fun, you know, we really want like to make a career out of this. Went to the Academy of Art in Chicago and that's where I had a lot of great artists helping me out. And then that's probably where you got I used to good at this. Yeah. Um, I did go to community college first. Some people have done, done that. Mm -hmm. um, that helped just get my bearing straight into it. It's the Academy of Fine Art. Now, let me, let me ask you, though. So, going like getting out of high school, did you have it in your mind, like, I'm going to go study art to become... Not when, I, not when I went into high school, but when I came out. Yeah, yeah when you came out. Like, yeah. and, and what was it, like, that goal? Like, all right, like, I'm going to go to school, but it, that's just, a, that's a means. Like, Probably the same with you, I, I suppose. I don't know if you were an illustrator, but I used to see the great illustrators, and you'd get magazines, and you'd see stuff like Bernie Fuchs and Mark English and Rob, uh, Bob Beek, Frazetta. Frazetta was one of my favorites. Yeah. And you'd say, this is really, you know, wonderful stuff. I'd like to try and do that. So I said, I, I'd like to be an illustrator. Okay. And then I was right at in high school, and then I went to college and just worked for it. I think everybody, all these guys, all the teachers here, mm -hmm. saw somebody they liked and not to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like when we the same thing, too. So I studied illustration. Wow. It was just two, just a quick, very quick two years there. So my training was small, yeah. unfortunately, but I, you know, I jumped into it. But to back up, I remember what had happened. I went to my cousin's house. And he would sketch all the time. He was amazed. I was just blown away. Like he, he could sketch without anything there. You know, when I was younger, you know, you kind of copying something. But he could just, you know, sketch anything. But on his wall in John Berkey, mm -hmm. illustration of the King Kong. Oh wow! Uh, 
<laughs> poster, amazing. And it was so, and it was very realistic. So I remember just staring at it, and I, I couldn't figure it out, because I always just drew with pencil. I was constantly scared of color. I liked it, but I just didn't get it at all. Yeah. So it was pencil, 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 pencil. So when I looked at this poster, I just, it blew my mind. I was like, I knew it's not a photograph. I knew it was painting, it was just it was weird thing. But that always stuck in my mind. It was just absolutely amazing. And that was actually at the Rosetta show in New York, that little gallery. Yeah. I walked in and I saw it. I thought it was a poster. He goes, no, that's the real one. That's the one. <laughs> I remember I was like 14 years old or whatever, 12 when I first saw it. Just really not blown away by it. So, but then I went to the Art Institute of Philadelphia, a quick two years. Uh, then after that, I just went right into commercial work. Jackets, uh, denim jackets were big. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. So he did, uh, and I wish I'd brought it along, but he did something for Aerosmith, and Aerosmith liked it so much. From the guy who uh, was wearing it at the concert, mm -hmm. he signaled to the roadies that he wanted this guy backstage after the show, so we could ask him who painted the, the, the denim jacket. Right. So I was always around stuff like that that helped me not not only. Um, be wowed, really, but always inspired me to, uh, you know, how do you do it? Any artist always, besides, besides, um, I think, besides, you know, being awestruck by a great painting or pencil drawing or whatever, loves to figure out the process as well. That's what I think. I mean, yeah. I, that's that's what the wheels in my head start turning when I, you know, after I see the painting I'm drawing. It brings your mind all sorts of different places, and, and honestly, that's where that's how you learn. At, at least, I think how we do this right. is you look at people's work. Yeah, how you do it? Demo. Yeah. But I went to SBA as well, and I'm still in school, and I'm just trying to pursue my masters uh, in uh, fine arts. So you know, it's been a long road, and it's still, um, you know, you, you should always be learning. Yeah. Yeah, it never ends. It's it never just, ends. You know, I feel like I really got drawing like last year. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I really feel like I just I'm slowly you know, they got the same thing on his deathbed, yeah. which was one of the greatest draftsmen. Mm -hmm. like, oh, just when I started figuring this stuff out, 82, 82. <laughs> but the interesting thing is it's so hard to see your own growth mm -hmm. because you start to improve. And when you start to improve, you take on more complicated projects without realizing it, so you feel like you're spinning wheels, you're not getting right, you're growing, you're moving. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a big I didn't get that for a long time. Yeah, I just feel like yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, and a couple points you guys made too. Um, just being painters, um, and yeah, I, I call you guys painters. I know you guys do more than painting, you know. But um, just even as as uh, just like my focus is a comic book guy, right? Like I remember when I first saw a comic, my first question was, "How the heck did they do it?" It was, I think it was years, man, before 
I realized like they draw on bigger paper. So I was always drawing on like seven by ten. Like, and that's like, how they pull some that's detail. Yeah, yeah, like, that's it looks really yeah. nice. It looks really nice, but I'm like, I can't like I'm always sharpening my pencil trying to get that detail. Like I can't do it. It's it's magic. I don't know. You know? But I think you do have to be fascinated. If if it's like Absolutely. a passion, you gotta kind of be fascinated by the process of it. If the mind is stimulated, you're going to keep learning. Right, right. Keep right. going. And I think it takes a long, long time to go about actually, well, at least for me, it did, to fall in love with the, the learning aspect. Right. You just want so much to just do a good piece yeah. and have that. Yeah, you yeah. know, and it's like you, you need to screw up a lot of drawings. You need to throw paint around and ruin things and, and understand that that's part of the process. Yeah. Know, we're hard, we know this. We're all hard on ourselves. With ours. We really, you know, really, so when something's not going right, it's having that right state of mind to, you know what? Yeah. And the, the most one, sorry, one more, the, the, um, you have to have a high conception of not the piece that you're doing now or the one you're doing even next year. Mm -hmm. You've got to have that mindset that you know that you're going to get there. Yeah. You've got to have that character. Yeah. Or you can all the time. You just can't live right here. And then, you know, Related to that is the way I kind of think too. That I just, when I'm doing a painting, you're all happy, everything's going good. When you get done, you always think you can feel better. Yeah. And it's that thing, it's like that dissatisfaction makes you get better. Yeah. See what's funny. The next one you go, I'm going to do better, and you do get better, but then you go, I get better than that. Better, yeah. I'm yeah. always thinking I can do better. It's I would never finish painting until I felt like I could do better on that painting. You know what I mean? So. What's interesting, I want, I want you to talk about this first time, because uh, I remember in your class, uh, one of the biggest things that I learned because um, you taught us methods and materials second year, and I feel bad for second year students that because like, <laughs> they de they don't have you for methods. Because the one thing that, that I learned was um, it was definitely like you know technique and all that, but just just be confident. You know, like don't worry about making a mistake because like you can work your way around it, you can work your way through it, but it's like it's necessary for you to almost like screw it up to dig yourself out of it, and in that like fixing it, you learn how to do it right. You know, so can you speak a little bit just to like yeah, sort of what you were just saying yeah. that yeah. Is, when you're in there painting, it's never going to look perfect right off the bat. Right. You know, there's always that oh, those building stage. Yeah. Yeah. It's always going to look like you know, wow, what is that? You know, yeah. but then you just keep going. And I've done it so long as these guys mm -hmm. that you know you're going to go. Yeah. You know it's you know where it's going. You know he's going to fix it. So it's okay to go loose and throw the paint around and. and because you know in your heart that you can do it. So that's one thing you have to. Yeah, but 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 you should be confident in your work. Because you know you're going to do it, even if you don't know. Try and pretend you know. Same <laughs> thing. Make it. You make it. No, but it's, it is. But you said the same thing when you were saying that. It's going to go through these stages, and you got to just work. But having confidence in knowing it's going to come out is a big help. Right. Yeah. No. It, it helps. I, and I think. For you guys too, like when you guys see other, you know, like our teachers and people come in and they show you, like it's different. Somebody just say, "All right, do this, do that, boom, and it's done." But when you guys actually show us, it's like, "Oh, okay." And then you know, you may like, "Oh crap," you know, "Oh, there's a brushstroke that's errant." But oh, watch, look, yeah, it's a pretty little tree now, you know. <laughs> like that's Bob Ross. Bob Ross, like that's the that there's some truth to that. You know? well, I, I used to lead my classroom to go watch demos. I don't know. If you some people have done that here. I've seen people pop in and out. When I was in school, if I heard there was a demo, and Richard Schmidt is a great painter, he would do demos down the hall, and I would sneak out and watch. Yeah. Was that in Chicago? Chicago, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had, uh, you know, all kinds of guys, painters, coming in for other classes. Right. I, I might have been in illustration, and there might have been a painter in watercolor doing a demo. I'd go sneak out and look. Yeah. 
Um, and is that you go like, oh, that's how he did that. Just like you're saying, how did he do that? You know, I see him. You know, one of the a quick little trick to make like the tech show is take a napkin and just dab it. You know, you just, and I go, oh, I never thought of that. Well, why would you? You got to watch someone. You see that stuff. So. Yeah, some of the old masters, even John C. Rossardi, they would do bread, French bread. Especially if you like drawing class. Bread, French bread? Yeah. Smoked for smudges. Beautiful. I, I do that. It tastes better. Yeah, you go here. Joe, I'm going to ask you. Um, because um, one thing that, that I found unique uh, in coming through the Kubert School is uh, with the faculty, like everybody, I would say, like, like everybody's an instructor. You know what I mean? You guys pretty much like show us how to do it um, versus tell us what to do. But you seem to have a, like you have this way of like articulating, like there's like a real passion for the education piece of it. Like where did that start? Like where did you get that? That's a, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. I paint outdoors and that's a great way to paint no matter what you're going to do, what genre you're in the art. And I remember, I actually was a Johnson & Johnson family, yeah. whatever. They yeah. had this huge farm and I got permission to paint on the property. It was a gorgeous thing. Anyway, I'm out there painting, and I'm trying to get this thing done. The sun is really bright, and I just, it was turning into mush. You know, the, the paints were mush, I, and I, at that point, it was like the one time that I ever thought I was ever going to be like, you know what, maybe this is, you know, not for me, like, over the knee kind of yeah. thing. And I just stopped, and I just had this peace of mind, and I knew I could do it, I just didn't know how. Right. And that was the first time I ever got peace from this mental torment that you yeah. did yourself. Mm -hmm. So anyway, mostly, I mean, honestly, I, you know, I learned some in school in those two years, but I really did it in the sense. Yeah. Right. So the way I learned was actually going up to original work, going to museums, and I just, I go there and I get a, there's a conversation. Right. You know, I'll stay in front of a Caravaggio or a sergeant or something like that, and I'll look at it, and if you're, if you're open, I'm not going to give you the answer, but it's going to give you the direction if you're open to it. And you just look up close, and now, especially with technology, Without the security guards, I'll get two inches away, <laughs> and I'll blow it up this big on the twentieth screen, and I see, oh, there's the laying and layering, the stumbling, and you, you kind of break it down and see, see what they're doing. So I live to see original artwork. Um, you get really get to see. Some people can't bring it. Yeah, everybody. No matter what genre you're in, art is art. It's all it's all the same. It's anatomy. It's color. It's So one thing um, that I got from your class was just definitely like a sense of you just kind of got to really be patient and like see through. Um, and so um, can you speak a little bit to that? Because I know you guys, what, what I love about you guys and the diversity that you all bring is that you guys all go at different rates. You know what I mean? Like, and like there, there, there are times where you will like whip it out. It's like, oh snap, that was cool. But then there's times like it'll be like it'll yeah, be yeah. more time consuming. You know, and Todd the speedster on the portraits, but did the, the landscapes or you know, and then Marco like it's just like this whole like I'm I'm just gonna walk five thousand miles step by step. Yeah. Step by step. You know, it's like, like this well of patience that you have. That, right. Like, like, I, I admire well, that a lot. I don't have much patience in everyday life, but when I sit in front of the easel, yeah. it's it's a totally different me, and I, don't, I can't explain that. Um, anyway, um, I will say that when I went to school, uh, one of the schools I went to was Scott University, where 
Keith Herring went, and, you know, then he went on to SBA, kind of followed his footsteps without knowing. But uh, although times were different, my teacher used to have scotch in his coffee cup and smoke a pipe right in front of you in class. He, I have to credit Mr. Evangelista from Pittsburgh University for uh, really teaching me how to look. He had us draw rocks and sticks. And if you're not looking, and you're not coming up with what you're seeing before your, before your very eyes, then those sticks are not going to look you know, like sticks, or the rocks will just look like bumps or something. But that's where I really learned to look. But I have to say, when it came to color, uh, my cousin again um, taught me how to look, for, to look at color. And now I'm into what, what I call subtle color. You know, the, <coughs> I, I like drawing, uh, painting like seascapes and whatnot. There's a lot of foam, foamy sort of uh, images. Uh, and you really can't use much, at least with what I do, if I use too much white, it tends to chalk it. Right. It tends to make it look chalky. So you like to blend in some of the you know, lavenders and, and uh, warms and cools that life uh, has to offer. Anyway, without getting too in involved in that, uh, that's where I learned to really look is exactly uh, Okay, that's huge. Uh, the observation, because observation is invention. You know, you have what's really big today uh, is you know sort of photorealism. You know, the ability to look at something and kind of a craft. You know, it, it's definitely a craft. You know, it's important, but craft and art are really two different things. You know, the ability to copy something again it takes time. It's a skill, absolutely. Whether it's art or it, you know. It's, like you're saying, you find these interesting colors within, and that's the technical narrative. You know, that, that's that's your and personal you know, fingerprint. Yeah, and, and you really have to work hard at that. And I noticed that, like at 3 a.m. when I was still doing my art final exams, I looked over at my roommate's bed, and he's fast asleep because he was just studying for regular academic stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I had to really, you know, make something look like something. Right. So. That was just a little jab at the academic. And it's and actually it's much harder for you guys than it was for us because we have much more distraction. Obviously, we have the tech, tech stuff. Um, you know, you just get lost in the search. But you know, do you really stop and look at things? You know, and see the texture of things or see the, the contrast. And this stuff just seeps in your head. I paint more when I'm not painting. You know, I'll see a dent in the car and I'm like, oh, <laughs> but I do, you know, you just can't, you know, in the way the telephone calls, wow, look at how that's wrapped and the cord that's wrapped in it. It just infects it. You just can't stop once you open that door. You know, just, they just find everything interesting. You know, the, the, the subject matter to me is not as important. You know, I love flesh or I love industrial stuff. Yeah. But, but in the end, you know, for me, you know, a lot of sort of fine artists where you're painting yourself. You know, Mel, Mel out. Shank, Shank said that uh, when I went to visit the studio outside of Florida, he said, it doesn't matter if you paint, paint a brick, just paint the house. That's actually just the way you talk. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously, you know, all three of you guys have a great deal of passion, you know, and a great deal of study time put in. So what I want to do is kind of talk about the, uh, I guess, the monetization of, of these things because you know passion and, and the pursuit of passion is, is a noble and honorable thing but like at the end of the day like we gotta eat you know um, so can you guys talk a little bit about just um, your journey as far as turning the corner from just you know I'm, I'm just an artist on the journey to okay I'm a living and I gotta take this a little bit more seriously than you know 
I'm only painting or creating when I feel like it. Like I gotta actually like clock in and you know put the time in for a deadline. You know, Go ahead. <laughs> the first thing is that I have to be an artist. I don't I don't say like, well, maybe I'll just go be a bricklayer. I say, no, I gotta be an artist. There's something in me that says I have to be an artist. I'm gonna paint no matter what. And I'm sure it'll be some that. And the second thing is I gotta eat. So I said, I could decide and say, I'm going to try and find a career in art that pays. So illustration is kind of pretty good. You could get a job if you were good and you could get paid. You had to be a pro. You had to do it when they wanted. You had to meet deadlines. That's why one of the things I see here is deadlines. That's the real world. People don't just say, do it and call me. You know, they say, we want it Friday. We want it next week. So you got to be professional. Um, also, as you become a as I became a fine artist, it's a little bit more difficult to try and have that whole career. So I'm teaching, make some money, and my theory is again that I am still an artist no matter if I work at McDonald's. That's how I feed myself or my kids, whatever. Working somewhere to make money so I can do art. Um, there is a point probably where you could, you know, I'm sure that you can make a whole living just painting. I haven't reached it yet. I'm doing okay. You know, when I sell paintings, it's great. I make extra money. It's fun. But teaching is the way I'm, right now, teaching is the way I'm making the bulk of my, my money. Um, I started as an illustrator with illustration. So that would be like comic books. That's what you guys are going for. So that's, you've got something to make money. But like I said, if you got to work a side job and make, make money so you can be an artist, you're still a success. Yeah. Huh. You know, so. Exactly. For everything you just said, absolutely. And that, right, at, right when I graduated, I was like, because I like food. <laughs> I, I looked at the paper and there was a job for the studio, uh, you know, an art studio. Like, really? I was like, oh, called up, you know, did the interview. Got hired. Wait, what is this? What is this paper thing you're talking yeah, about? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, aging myself. <laughs> But uh, so I worked in a you know in, in a studio. We did all kinds of stuff. It was odd stuff, stuff for like Spencer's, you know, Spencer's gifts, you know, yeah. all that kind of crazy, weird, three-dimensional things and toys and right. you know logos for you know whatever. I was like every week, I'm, you're going to give me a check, you know, I get help, and it's really you know. So this is great. Uh, so I did that for a while, mm -hmm. and uh, then I was kind of like, hmm, I want more. You yeah. know, I did creatively. I yeah. wanted, you know, I wanted more. It was nice to have that steady right out of school. It was very nice, and all that little. Logo stuff and design on stuff, and I, you know, I was doing paste ups and you know PMS chips and doing you know all that kind of stuff. It made me better, you know, because you had to look at that you know nine point type and you had to, or whatever it was. It made you, it made me sharper. So I love that aspect of it. But um, then I just kept going from one studio to the next, and then after a while, I was like, wait a minute, this is not right. You know, and I fell in love with, with you know fine art, whatever you want to call it, uh, in painting and like. So I was saying, I, I, you know, it doesn't matter. I'd, rather, I'd dig a ditch if that was going to allow me to do, and I wanted my freedom. Yeah. I wanted my freedom. Yeah. You know, I did illustrate, I did, you know, all that kind of stuff. You hit those deadlines, you do all that kind of stuff. And uh, it's just, it was just great to be working, you know, as an artist. Yeah. You know, that was, you know, it was really good. Like you're saying, the fine art stuff, it's crazy out there. They, you know, to be a fine artist in the gallery thing, it's, it's, it's mad. It's a really bizarre, strange thing. But to me, it doesn't matter. I, I paint. I, I paint. <laughs> that's nice. it, so. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, like you know, so many people have said. Uh, uh, I remember when I did a portrait of the Smithereens back, uh, big band from the '80s. Uh, he says, 
He said to me, Pat Denizio of the Smithering said to me, Marco, man, I'm a musician because it's in my blood. So he says, you know, you gotta, you gotta keep going. Because I gave him a portrait, and he got me uh, my first job in the uh, music industry. Anyway, there's peaks and valleys uh, with anything that doesn't involve a, uh, involve a steady paycheck. I went to SBA at the time when illustration was up here. I mean, there weren't enough artists to do all the illustration, it seemed, you know? Wow. Then all of a sudden, like overnight, everything changed. But when you got that taste of making, you know, making a buck from what you love to do, very few things beat that, you know? Yeah. So you want to keep doing what you do because I know what that feels like, you know? And uh, yeah, like I said, peaks and valleys. Of course, some very important commissions that I've had, you know, which which helped my uh, resume, which helped my commissions, which you know always bring in a nice, um, a nice commission every now and again. And sometimes, if you have them, you know, and somebody later on buys one, yeah, that's just money in the bank. One of my first jobs, it was sort of freelance stuff, but I was like, wait a minute, I'm working for you guys for like 50 hours a week, making this. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, what's his name, James Gurney of the Dynatopia, you know the, the whole story. So I got a freelance job to design high top sneakers with his artwork. I mean, it was like, it was a nice chunk of money to, yeah. it was just bizarre. And then that really was started to, I think that was the switch. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, I can, yeah. I can do this on my own. Yeah. yeah if I, yeah. If, I, if I work at it, so. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, talk, talk a little bit um, about, uh, as far as um, just staying in the business, as far as like, you, it's more than just like drawing or creating or painting. You know, it's you gotta meet people. You gotta like kind of get to know people. You gotta network. Like, talk a little bit about that. Like, did you guys see that as a necessity, as far as like staying in and like you know getting the next job? Because I know for us, you know, and I say us, but there's really no difference. I don't think ultimately, but um, it's definitely something like. We harp on now because of social media and conventions, and you know everybody knows about comics now. It's not a big secret anymore. So you know, but the lines are longer now, and so it's, yeah. it's you know, and the talent pool is is everybody's doing it. So you know, the separator is not necessarily who's better per se. You got to still be good, but you got to meet people to be. I was talking to William about this earlier. Is that every job I've gotten, pretty much, there might have been a couple. I got on my own, but it was because I met somebody or knew yep. somebody or yep. someone knew yep. me, someone, whatever. I got that Morris Museum uh, show because I just happened to be walking around in school at CCM when the, the dean was talking to the Morris Museum curator. And he said, you see Todd's work, boom, got a show. And it wasn't that, it wasn't that easy. Yeah. But I mean, it was like, I would have never got that show, no matter how good I was or we, we think you are or whatever, but I met somebody. Right. At my gallery right now in New, in New York and Boone, someone said, you should meet Todd, you, know, you should meet this guy. You know, so, so network, be friends with people. Right. You know, network for them too. I've helped people. Marco got me a show at the Patterson Museum. He knew somebody. So it's like knowing people, networking, you know, and, and that's why I guess social media is good for you guys. It is, yeah. But, um, you know, get, don't be, you know, you can be the best artist in the world sitting in your house. Who's going to see it? That's huge. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever got a job by sending out a packet. Man, did I send out packets. Right. Uh, to yeah. my, you know, right. I mean, crazy. Yeah. It was always doing something else. You know, the yeah. children's book that I did, I, I was managing a store. I quit the studio. Yeah. 
I manage some furniture store, and the lady comes by and she sees me because I thought I was sketching. Yeah. Like, you know, I had a desk at the job, so that's all I think. <laughs> so I'm sketching, and she said, oh, what's it? We started talking about that, and then, you know, and then that was a, you know, a children's book to work in, you know, working in publishing. So, but that, that, that is so big, and, and also, you never know who's sitting next to you. They could be hiring you. Right. Be nice. You know, you know, you really, it is, you've got to get out there. The, the, the technology is fantastic, but there's another side to it, because now, how do you get noticed in, in the sea of things? So, you know, when you go out, you never know who you're sitting next to on a bus. Right. You know, I always have something on it. Well, obviously, you got, you know, smartphones, all that stuff. You got your whole portfolio. Yeah. You've got to have stuff on you constantly. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's huge, but you've got to get out there. You've got to meet people, get involved. You know, with the organizations, society of illustrators, you have all these different things going on. It's, 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 yeah, it, absolutely. I look at it this way. As an illustrator or a fine artist, every day I wake up, I'm unemployed. So you got to get out there and, you know, do that like sidewalk that, yeah. shuffle. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you put in the time, you'll meet the right people. And like you said, you never know who's sitting next to you. I had six bucks, this is during my one, one of my valleys, mm -hmm. I had six bucks living in uh, Manhattan at the time on, on, lower, uh, on the lower, lower east side of Manhattan on Grant Street. And I, I thought, I'm either walking the three miles that it is to Port Authority and getting my bus with this last six bucks of mine, or I'm going to stop and visit a friend at a bar and have a nice cold beer on this July day. <laughs> I stopped. I did the responsible thing. I stopped and had a beer. <laughs> and you know what? The guy next to me started chatting to me. He said, what do you, what do, you do? And I said, oh, I'm an artist. You got any work on you? Actually, I do. I pulled one out of my pocket, an image of my uh, a piece. He says, is it sold? I said, it's not. He said, here's a hundred bucks. I'll meet you on Sunday. Meet me right here. And uh, I'll have a certified check for you for the, uh, the balance. And I made the bus later on much happier that night. <laughs> One, because I had a beer in me, and two, because I had a nice uh, sale. So uh, my question is, what bar was that? It's actually, it used to be called Blue Piscadoo, and it was the bar on that... Uh, Oh, on that TV show that they always they always showed it was right on King Street. Oh, Cheers. Uh, no, it's uh, <laughs> like a Chicago Alley or something. What was that? It was like a '90s show. Anyway. <laughs> All right. All right. So uh, one more art question for you guys, no? and then uh, I want uh, I want you guys to paint. And that's when you're going to lose your audience. No, no, it's no. Like watch your paint dry, man. Who um, who are you guys? Uh, top three, like inspirations. <laughs> That's a tough one. Or, or one. Just give me you know, like, one or two. It's like, like, what's your favorite Beatles tune? Yeah. Does it go through series, though? Like, isn't it? Yeah, like, it's like, like, like right now, yeah, right yeah. now I say George Ennis, and they don't even know who that is. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah we should, like, start writing these down, because I ask everybody this every time I do an interview, and I, we should start writing these people down, because we should research them. You write that no. down? No. <laughs> you should have said, I'm writing it down. Look. I <laughs> Are we limited to three? Yes, oh, yes, because I know this, this could go forever. Like, I know it could It's like forever. music, though. Yeah. It could be like now. Oh, but I like everybody, yeah. But, well, I'll, I'll say that Frazetta was a huge one, and he still is. Yeah. He still, when I was in, in college, I saw a Conan cover or something like, wow, that's amazing. And he's still one of my favorites. I still look at him, Howard Pyle. Um, and like I said, George Ennis. I mean, those would be three good ones. I mean, I can. Um, I really got, it's about 20 years ago or so, um, uh, somebody introduced me to uh, Jerome Whitkin, his book, not to him. I don't know if you guys know him, but I've, I've talked to you guys about him, just an absolutely unbelievable painter. He's in his 70s, he's actually teaching at uh, uh, 
Syracuse. Syracuse, Syracuse up there. A fabulous, fabulous sort of fine art painter, right. Carl Painter, and his paintings are more about the narrative, which is really interesting. And I started reading more about this because he's always telling a story through his paintings, whether it's a single piece or he does these multiple pieces together. Yeah. Um, but he was influenced by uh, a comic book, uh, Captain America, somewhere around in the 40s. Oh wow! And he was the story, the storytelling, the narrative, the, the coloration, sort of the graphic kind of books. It does. And it's unbelievable. His his work. Right? You you guys have to look. Look at his work; it's just absolutely nice. the storytelling. Yeah. is just it's just fabulous, yeah. and that's affected me a lot lately. That you know, I, I want to move into that narrative, right. you know, because a still painting can still have a narrative. Yeah, you know, for it's sure. Still pretty pretty interesting. So, um, Caravaggio, yeah. Caravaggio, hands down, Caravaggio, Caravaggio. Yeah, I'm a big Caravaggio fan too. Uh -huh. uh, of course, there's Ve uh, Velasquez and Rembrandt, and uh, God, you know, there's three. Okay, so I'll, I'll yeah, keep it there. Uh, but to put a different twist on this, yeah. I would say that there are three students in your current studio uh, audience here who tend to keep me on my toes and really, really make me feel happy that you know I get to see this stuff. It's true. Uh, one recently, I, I don't want to mention names because then the other guy or the girl or whatever thinks, well, why didn't you mention me? But they, they change sometimes, you know. Right. But one um, painting that I saw recently was uh, a whole different spin on portraiture, and it was uh, it was uh, one of those paintings that just leave a mark on you. So right. it was a good painting. Um, it's actually an interesting concept, just because you guys do teach a lot, and um, you guys get to see, you know, young artists or not necessarily young artists, but like artists that haven't been doing it as long as you've been doing it. And um, like, that's interesting to hear that you also can get inspired by like what the student does. Like, does that? Does oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, I steal their ideas. Oh, okay. And I okay. just kind of go like, ah, these no good. Uh, <laughs> tell them they suck and then you do it the next week. That's pretty cool. And it's, it's so cool to be around, you know, as an artist, you want to live around other artists and yeah. stuff like that. And yeah. it's, you know, um, Okay, maybe we were a couple years older than a couple. But it's just so cool that, you know, that, that passion. That, yeah. to me, is... Yeah, that's, that's, our, that's it, our common you know, ground, just, you know? It is. Yeah, it's just sure. it's fantastic. To, uh, but it's those, those hard workers, those, those brushes that keep, you know, hitting that canvas that uh, you like to be on top of that. And you like to see it firsthand in the, pro in the process from start to finish. And uh, it, it's really important as somebody who... You know, it's like technology. That's the way I see it. Except this is the opposite end of the spectrum. This is creativity. You know. Huh. So. And and on that note. Yeah. I want to see you guys paint. Okay. <laughs> well, there you have it. That's the first half of the amazing Painters Three. Uh, for the full video, check out the Cubert School YouTube page. There'll be links in the show notes. And while you're looking at the show notes, check out everything else that's available on the Geek Aid website. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, uh, mail at geekade.com, or you can follow me on Twitter at geekade underscore Evan. And uh, I'd love to hear from you. So once again, I'm Evan Goldstein, and uh, I'll see you next time on Artist Avenue. Bye. <laughs>